Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us this afternoon, wherever you're listening on the Super Talk Radio Network. What a full show today. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald be making his regular Thursday appearance on the Eagle Hour a little later in the show. Tyler Stevenson is a forward, a sophomore forward from Columbus, Mississippi, on the Southern Miss basketball team. He's going to talk to us in a bit. Assistant basketball coach Kyle Roan about to join us here in just a couple of moments. But first, before we get started, I want to remind everybody about Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this show and good friends of ours. They cook great food seven days a week right next to the mall here in Hattiesburg. But wherever you're listening, I'm pretty sure there's a Dickie's near you and the food is always going to be fresh and delicious. And here in the Berg, uh, if you've got a special occasion coming up, whether large, small, church, office, home, it doesn't matter, you can call Kiki uh, Dickies, and they will cater a menu to whatever you need, the amount of food, the type of food. They'll even deliver it and set it up if that's what you choose. So the next time you have something special, we would encourage you to sit back, relax, and let Dickies do the cooking. All right, basketball season beginning to wind down as uh, Conference USA now is in this uh very unique pod play. Uh, the Golden Eagles have only played one game about, I guess, maybe the last 10 or 12 days. Uh, they've got three games in the next week starting Sunday at 3 o'clock when they'll travel out west and take on Texas El Paso. Assistant basketball coach Kyle Rohn, uh, gracious to join us on the Eagle Hour. Coach, uh, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure always to talk a little Southern Miss basketball. <clears throat> Uh, I heard you talking during the break. It's kind of interesting. Uh, you guys go uh, in this pod play. You play one game in about 10 days, and now you're going to play three games within a week. It all starts Sunday at El Paso. How challenging is that to uh, to keep your basketball team on track and, and, and uh, you know, at the top of their game for these types of schedule issues? Well, you know, it's a good question, and uh, initially it is tough uh, because, once we start conference play, uh, you know, immediately after, uh, immediately in, in January 1st, basically, it's, it's a Thursday-Saturday routine, and it becomes very consistent, you know, for, I guess, six weeks. And, and then all of a sudden, you have an announcement, and then a week, and then in this case, another week. So it, 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 it's, it's out of routine, so to speak, but, um, you know, it's, it's something that we, that we have to um, work through as coaches with our players, you know, to strategically uh, design our weeks and our practices and off days. So it it is a change. All of a sudden, you're 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 in that routine, and, and then you stop and you begin a new routine. So uh, it is a challenge, but uh, every every team that's uh, in the league has to do it. So mm-hmm. we got We got to adjust and uh, and make the best of it. Do you try to practice every day during this period of time, or do you try to give these kids some time off, maybe rest up their legs a bit? You know, we, we, you do have, this this time of year. Uh, it, it, I think it's okay to take to take some time off. Maybe not so much time away, 
but time off if that makes sense and uh and I, in our situation, you mentioned legs. We're we're uh, we're playing a very few guys a whole lot of minutes, and so that part actually has played in our favor a little bit in terms of uh, legs. But basketball is a rhythm game, obviously, so that that affects us a little bit. But but to answer your question, we do take some days off. We do, um, uh, but we do like to kind of see our guys. Obviously, there's NCAA rules where there is mandatory off days, but sometimes we'll extend that and take a couple days within those seven or eight days prior to a game. Coach, what is it about Middle Tennessee? I mean, they, they just have got – the Blue Raiders have got our number. Uh, I know, Kelly. I, you know, I, I thought we might could go this session and not have to talk about them, but uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, 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 have to, we have to own up own up to that. You're right. It, it's just tough. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, you know, I think last time uh, I had the good fortune of visiting with you guys was, was we were headed to play them. We had just had a great game at UAB, and – uh, you know, I had, had, had thought some things were, were going in our favor, and then we get there, and we just, that Saturday up there at their place, we we just have uh, uh, one of those days where it just doesn't happen for us. And then, you know, I feel like we're, we've won our weekend series against the Florida schools, and we have them coming to our place. And, you know, things don't happen for us that, that time either. So, uh, you know, we've got, we can't look ahead at all because we've got UTEP, uh, and then there's another team before we play them again. But when it becomes that time, we've got to, we've got to take those two past experiences and, and, uh, and be better because of them. Is it a matchup situation with them that's been the problematic? Uh, you know, we could probably point to a bunch of things, Kelly, but I think there, is, there are some tough matchups. I really do believe that. Uh, there are some tough matchups. On the, on the other hand, I'm kind of, Kind of an optimist, you know. I think I think in terms of that, then, then they have to match up with us. But in in, in in that regard to what you're saying, yes, I think there are some. Uh, they've got some long uh, guys that uh, uh, you know, and they and they love to play around the rim. That's kind of one of our deficiencies, maybe, is a little bit of size and length, so to speak. So uh, I think you could I think you could point to that and be and be reasonable in saying that that is a factor. All right. So now so now with you guys being beaten at home. Uh, it's always tough to go on the road. You're going to play the, the team that's furthest west in the conference at El Paso. Has the conference said anything at this point, or you, you guys probably know, Kyle, how all the situations work out as to what you have to do in these remaining three games to get into the Conference USA tournament, or are you pretty safe? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to take the diplomatic way out, but I'm going to tell you it's, it's still so many factors um, yet to be decided that, it, that it's still hard to say. Me personally, and this is coming from no, nothing with any any cited uh, reference, but we we have to win some more games. I think in order, from a coach standpoint, to be safe, uh, there are some. There obviously are some other teams in our pod that are still playing each other, which is the obvious. A lot has to do with who wins what and who will get the tiebreaker at the end. Such such as right now, we have the tiebreaker over Rice. So a lot could depend on what they do. Um, um, Middle Tennessee could be mathematically out of it based on number of wins. So that could happen over the course of the next game or so. So there's so many, so many moving parts right now. It's hard to say. The only thing from a coach's standpoint is the only thing safe is to is to win as many as we can. The baseball team has been riddled by the flu. As many as 13 players um, couldn't play. You know, this week. How are you guys? Health-wise, and you guys don't have any room, any wiggle room at all. Has the flu bug caught up with you guys? 
we do not. You know, I'll take you back to the Rice game. As, as you remember, uh, uh, we got hit uh, with two players uh, tested positive and, and Coach Ladner. Uh, we got hit with that. We did some preventive measures, obviously, to kind of keep some keep them and coach away, obviously. And, uh, and we were able to survive that, knock on wood. Uh, I did hear, however, you know, the, the epidemic that's kind of, so to speak, this hit our baseball team, and it, and it resonated with me because of what we had to go through, actually, prior to the Rice game and that weekend. So right now we're, we're okay. Uh, that's huge for us, as you as you alluded to, with with our numbers. So, uh, so far, so good at this point. All right, Coach, I'm going to make an assumption here. You don't want to take any bus rides with the baseball team in the next week or so. Is that correct? <laughs> we, 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 don't, we, we don't need to be in the, in the same small area. That's correct. And especially if we're talking about UTEP, we definitely don't want to get that far with them in the bus. Right. So I asked Patrick McGee, the Biloxi Sun-Herald, this question last week. He had an opinion. I, I'm curious to hear it from you. You look at everything that was involved in this season, everything that you guys inherited, both the good and the bad, uh, coming into the basketball program that you're now running. And I know you have a few games left, but overall, how satisfied or dissatisfied are you and the coaching staff with what you've been able to accomplish with this new group of kids this year? Well, you know, there's several ways to answer that, but the first way I think that and I'm, I'm speaking with from our staff as a whole is, you know, I, I, there's been some growth with this team. You know, what what we inherited, to be clear, obviously Coach Sadler did a tremendous job and uh, riding through the, 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 the era, era that he had to get through and then obviously had a culmination of a, of a big season last season. So what, what we inherited was some young guys and, and young guys with very, very little Division One experience. Uh, even our returners, you mentioned play, uh, talking to Tyler here in a few minutes, um, those guys that didn't that, that didn't have a lot of uh, minutes uh, uh, in Division One games here at Southern Miss, so so it was young. So so I think we've definitely grown since our first workout in April, and even as we started in the summer and working toward building this team. So 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 we are proud of the growth we've made. Look looking though, now that we're to the point where we are, you know what what gets you. And I think coaches get a little bit greedy, and we do. But what what gets you is. You know, I think we. I think you can look back, and even as even as as positive and as as most, much growth as we had, and, and I hope we continue to grow. Obviously, over these next this next period of time, I think we've actually left maybe some. If, and I'm not talking about wins and losses, but now I am. I, I think we actually maybe have left a win or two on the table, and and you know, but that but that's part of growth, and that's part of learning, learning how to win, uh, learning each other, uh, us learning the players, players learning the staff. So through the growth process we may have left one or two out there that that looking back we we, we could have had uh but as we get our program more concrete you're able to kind of maybe maybe take care of some of those and then and instill one that maybe on paper you're not supposed to have uh, all right coach we appreciate you very much taking the time to talk to us i know you're right across the street from baseball don't let your guys anywhere near the baseball field <laughs> until we finish the season and good luck to you this weekend Yes, sir. Thank you, and appreciate you as always. All right, Coach Kyle Rome, everybody, from Southern Miss Basketball. Player Tyler Stevenson next on the Eagle Hour. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
Our thanks to basketball coach Kyle Rome for joining us in the first segment of the show. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. They're located on Hardy Street, right across the street from the Southern Miss Campus. I was just by there this morning, as a matter of fact, and they've got all sorts of great inventory for you to select from. And if you're in another part of the state listening in this afternoon, maybe you're up in Columbus where our next guest is from. You could go to campusbookmark.net and, and uh, they'll deliver it to and you, you don't even if you're old school like me you don't even have to like put the address in your the phone the ups thing in your phone or whatever that whatever the thing is mm-hmm. just look for the big bright yellow building right there across from the main entrance to campus there you go our next guest is from columbus mississippi new hope high school a former trojan tyler stevenson is a sophomore forward for the golden eagle basketball team and we welcome Tyler to the Eagle Hour. Thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm glad y'all have me. Well, we're glad to have you. We just got off the phone with uh, one of your coaches, Kyle Rome. We're talking about uh, you guys haven't played much here in the last week, and now you've got three games coming up starting this weekend uh, in in a week. Uh, from a player's perspective, Tyler, you, you guys have been in a Thursday-Saturday routine all year, and now you get into this kind of odd pod play, and you play one game in ten days, and now upcoming three games in seven days. Is that a difficult adjustment? Has that had any effect on the team? Uh, no, I don't think it has any effect on the team. Uh, I think it's kind of good, actually. Uh, we get time to rest. Um, we get the time to go over more details on the sky report and practice, uh, get some more conditioning in so we can be in game shape. So I, I really think that actually helps out a lot. So interesting, you think that's been a benefit to the players here at the end? Yes, sir, I do. Like I said, uh, more can, we can get more conditioning in, so we won't be as tired as we is in the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think that I think they really did benefit us. Tyler, you guys played UTEP there earlier this year. Now you're going to have to turn right back and go to the Haskins Center there in uh, in El Paso and play them again. As you guys review the UTEP team from earlier in the season, how are the minors different now? than they were maybe at the beginning of the year from what you guys have seen? Uh, to me, to me I, I can't really tell much of a difference. I know that uh, they're still going to get to the free throw line, try to get to the free throw line. They're not really much of an uh, outside shooting team. They like to get to the rim, get fouled, you know, make a lot of free throws. So I kind of think they're uh, the same as the, uh, how we played them before. How are you guys different then, going back to – because you played UTEP relatively early in the year, and if I'm not mistaken, maybe the second game of the year. Uh, so it's been a while. How are you guys different? I think different uh, from us back then and now is – I think we kind of gel more together and we um, actually learn how to win games and just coming together as a team. So, uh, I think there's a really big uh, difference with us, just that itself. All right, Tyler, I, mean, I want to take you back to early in the year. And you guys were playing a schedule that we were all just kind of shaking our heads about around here. You played Iowa State, Gonzaga. There's another big, big school that I'm overlooking. Yeah, there's been so many of yeah, them. Yeah, you, you played a lot. You played a lot of really top ten caliber programs early in the year. I'm curious to know from a player's perspective, do you did you see a lot of difference when you were on the floor competing with those guys? As say when you're on the four competing with a UTEP? And if so, what were the differences? I mean, uh, I kind of think I kind of think of it as, like, as a player perspective, um, as it's just another game. Uh, I mean, you know, they're more high major talent and things like that. But I, I kind of look at it like it's just another team that we got to go out there and compete and play hard against. You know, not putting them past anybody, just, just play hard and 
Uh, Kyle, I just want you to know, when you guys, and I know you have two games before then, you've got the UTEP game this Sunday, and then you've got Rice this next week at the, at the Greenhouse, the last uh, regular season game for the Eagles at home, before having to go back to Murfreesboro. But me and my broadcast partner, Bob Getty, we've got your guys back in Murfreesboro. When you go up there this next time, some of the Blue Raiders are going to have an accident, capiche? <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're going to make sure you get the Blue Raiders the next time. They're going to fall ill the it, night before. The, the Raiders game. are going to have right. some issues. Let's just, right. let's just right. put it that way. Upset stomachs. Yeah, but you know, as a, from a fan base, a little disappointed that you guys just haven't been able to figure out you know, Middle Tennessee when everybody else seems to, to have done it. I got Coach Roan's perspective, and, and obviously we love you guys. We're behind you 100%, but... What's been the, the Blue Raiders? What's up with that? Uh, I think we need to do, when we play them, we need to do a better job of you know, office, uh, limiting their offensive rebound. We need to uh, start putting bodies on people, limit our turnovers, and really just lock in the scouting report and knowing uh, personnel, who's who, who, who can do what. So I think that was the three biggest things for us playing the Blue Raiders, playing Middle Tennessee. Yeah, because you almost pulled it off. You almost came back and won, won that one. You know, at home. So, how does a guy from New Hope, Tyler, get to get to be in a Southern Miss uniform? How did your uh, recruitment go? Um, it went it went really good when uh, Coach Boone he started recruiting me. My 11th grade year, and Coach Croft when he was coaching, um, they saw me at the Lighthouse Classic. Uh, Coach Boone, they used to come down to practice sometime, watching us, watching me throughout AAU and uh, different things like that. Uh, that's really how they had got started. That's how I ended up down here. I'm really thankful to be here. Uh, and we're glad you're here, but I'm going to put you on the spot, uh, Tyler Stevenson. You said Coach Spoon recruited you. Now, all of us old guys know all about Clarence Weatherspoon. We know he was the greatest player maybe to ever play here, professional basketball player for years. Did you, at your age, did you really know a lot about Clarence Weatherspoon when you first met him? Uh, I just – the main thing I really knew about uh, Coach Boone was he was from the area. He was from where I was, where I'm from. So that was really the main thing why I knew about. I knew he played in the NBA too as well. I knew he was a good player. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad got to tell me, you know, play the Southern Miss, different things like that. How great of a player he was, different things like that. Yeah. So, so he he brings automatic credibility to the floor because he's been there, done that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Right. And what is and what does that mean as opposed to maybe a guy that that would recruit you that hasn't played in the league? Uh, that's that's big to me. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty big to me that hasn't played. Uh, yeah. Now, now, Tyler, just between. Can I ask you that question again one more time. Well, but let me interrupt him just a second. Okay. Just between us, nobody ever has to know the answer to this, even though thousands yeah, of people right. are listening right now. <laughs> Can Coach Weatherspoon still move up and down the floor, and can he dunk? Yeah, I think he can still dunk. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Bob, why don't you go defend him? Yeah. Matter of fact, matter of fact he showed us uh, last year. Um, all the players wanted to see it one time, and they were just, you know, we were hyping them up. And he did. He still got it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you you go block him. You know, you no, no. I was I was with him at a, after a football game. I just happened to catch him. Same elevator ride downstairs with Coach Spoon. I was, I was amazed at how big he still is, and it looked like to me he could still go. Yeah, and he shakes your hand. Your hand gets swallowed. Oh my goodness! You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I was asking you, Tyler, the fact that he's that he's played in the league. If any of you guys want to play in the NBA, and I'm assuming you know most college athletes do want to, he can tell you exactly what it takes to get there. That's got to be invaluable oh, advice. 
Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, so, um, try to talk to him about that a lot. You know, he gives uh, great advice. He works, um, works all of us out when, when, when we want to be worked out. Uh, he just, I think he just a great opportunity to um, get to talk to Coach Spoon and get to learn, you know, about the league and different things like that and what it takes to get there. So, um, I think that's pretty good. Now, Tyler, you're from up in North Mississippi. You're pretty close to one of those dark, dark empire cities. Uh, I'm referring to Starkville. Oh, start me. Okay. I, I'm I'm assuming that you wear that black and gold proudly up there and try to re-educate those folks. Am I correct? Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. I always do. Every time I'm going down there, have a Southern Miss shirt on or something. Yes, there, sir. There you go. Well, don't ever stop that. Okay, keep keep doing that. Yes, sir. <laughs> Tyler, when you came to the college level, what was the weakest part of your high school game? And have tell us how you've improved in that that area. Um, to me, I have to say it was the pace. You know, in high school, it wasn't we weren't really moving too fast up and down the floor as as you are at the Division One level or just any college level. At that, I think the pace of the game was really my uh, a big thing for me, just getting in shape, getting in game shape. Well, well, I have to go on record, too, as saying I'm not in big favor of anything where you have to move full speed. I wonder why. <laughs> My guess is Tyler could do that a lot longer and a lot quicker than you can. <laughs> You're hey, right. Tyler, we wish you guys uh, nothing but the best of luck the rest of the year. We're behind you 100%, and uh, we thank you very much, young man, for coming on the program with us. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, thank you yeah, beat the, beat the Miners and then beat the Owls, and again, if – you need me and Bob to go up there to Murfreesboro. Just let you us guys. know, Tyler. Yeah, we Whatever got, we can do to help. We got your back. <laughs> yes, sir. I really appreciate it. All right. Tyler Stevenson, everybody. Outstanding young man from uh, from up in the Columbus area, now a member of the Gold Nickel Basketball. These kids are so well-spoken and uh, so and, fun. And it is kind of great, too, that I'm glad you kind of brought up the fact that he was from around that area. Right. It's always good when we get to steal one from Correct. You know, because it Correct. certainly Correct. happens the other way around. You notice you know? he said Spoon can still dunk, but he didn't comment on whether Spoon can still move up and down the floor. <laughs> well, I, again, why don't you go up to Spoon and challenge him? I like yeah. Spoon, man. I don't want to embarrass yeah, yeah. Spoon like that. No, go, go up to Spoon. I don't want to hurt the man's feelings Go up like to Spoon that. and say, I don't think you can move no, it anymore. Could, it, it could you damage know? his credibility with the players if I put a couple moves yeah, on Yeah, after you ask him that question three <laughs> days later when you wake up. you know, Forrest General. <laughs> that's right. Hey, you'll see how well he can get up and down the All floor. Right. Tyler Stevenson, everybody. Patrick McGee, the professor's next. Don't go anywhere. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Our thanks to uh, Tyler Stevenson for joining us. Always fun to talk to current athletes at Southern Miss. That was a good conversation with that young man. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. 895 lunch, Monday through Friday. Great sandwiches, uh, daytime or nighttime. Lots of pool activity, darts, all kinds of fun stuff. Great Southern Miss memorabilia. Just a good place, Kelly, to hang out. And the kitchen never closes. 
you buy food late at night. If they're open, the kitchen is open. And that can get really frustrating if you go to a concert or something and you go in for, you know, something at 11 o'clock or so and you'd like to get something to eat. Nope, sorry, the kitchen's closed. Not at 4th Street. If they're open, the kitchen is open. And it is always awesome. And today... The eight ninety five lunch special was pork chops, and that thing is—you've seen it. That thing's cut thick. about, yeah, two inches thick, probably. That's the way I like them. Yeah. All right, Patrick McGee's the professor from the Biloxi Sun Herald. If you listen to the show, you know he joins us every Thursday, and we always look forward to our conversations. And Professor, I'm going to start out today something that we we talked a little bit about earlier. We haven't discussed a great deal on the show, and that's the new OC hire, the new offensive coordinator for Southern Miss football. For our listeners that may not be too familiar with this story because of our lack of coverage, among other things, what can you tell them about the new offensive coordinator and what you think we're going to see uh, now that he's in in place? Well, if you want to kind of look back to what he did at, at Louisiana Monroe, the numbers are pretty good, uh, a much more balanced offense compared to what Southern Miss uh, had. I, I think, uh, I, I'm not sure on the positive, exact numbers, but uh, this past season, they were over 250 passing, 200 rushing. I think those were numbers, and that would have made them one of only five programs in the nation that were able to, to do that, joining like UCF and, and some other programs. So, uh, you know, it, he's kind of considered an up-and-coming guy. He was a Stephen F. Austin before he got to Monroe, uh, and he had done well. That was his first job as OC, then he got the Monroe job. And, uh, he was pretty well regarded. I talked to some other people in the profession. They... Uh, think that he's he's a guy that's on his way up so uh you know the plan is obviously jay hobson you know he wanted a guy that can instill install an offense that's going to produce both in the passing game and on the ground uh that's exactly why he hired matt cubic i mean it's it it you know that that's what hobson wanted and and he feels like he got it in, in, in uh, matt cubic and do you think jay hobson when he hires an offensive coordinator is is he hands off does he let the OC run the offense, or does he provide a lot of input game to game? Well, I, you know, I, I don't have you know a, a good vision into that. Uh, I, I think, just from my point of view, I think he generally hands the offense over the coordinators. Uh, you know, it's it's up to them to really produce. I think there's on occasion you've seen Jay Hobson's handprint, but you know, fingerprints on it. Uh, but it's it's mainly in situations to where they're limited personnel wise, uh, you know whether it was whenever Jack was hurt, you know you kind of build around Tate Watley in, in, in the ground game and see what see what happens. So, but no, I, I think for the most part Jay Hobson really gives the offense over to the coordinator and lets them run it because uh, we all know Jay's a defensive guy and that defense really is his defense, uh, no matter who the coordinator is. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to hand it over to Matt Cuban. And, and Patrick, I wanted to get your opinion on this, because one of the things that I found interesting about Coach Kubik's hire is, number one, like you mentioned, it was a Stephen F. Austin. That's in the Southland Conference. All right. Mm-hmm. Then he goes up to the Sun Belt, right, to where ULM mm-hmm. is. And the fact that he took a job at Southern Miss, I kind of pieced it together that maybe within the industry, coaches think that Conference USA is a definite step up from from the uh, the Sun Belt, though fans have kind of argued that both ways. Your thoughts about it? Well, I think it depends. I mean, Monroe is a very small budget program. Uh, at Southern Miss, he'll probably be making twice as much he made at Monroe. And, yeah, I mean, it is a step up from Louisiana Monroe. Uh, some other programs in the Sun Belt have invested more in coaches or have more money to invest in coaches, whether it's at Lafayette or 
Arkansas State, places like that. So uh, it's it's just relative from school to school, not necessarily conference to conference. And while we're and I want to put Louisiana Monroe to bed here in just a second, but while we're on the subject and not talking football, but baseball. One of the teams that's most improved in the South in baseball this year is Louisiana Monroe. And, you know, they're being led by a former Southern Miss right. assistant, you know, that has, that has gone over no there. No surprise, really. There. Yeah, not Coach Kai, but the one that left uh, Federico. Federico. Left, yeah, Federico left before him. So, so good for him. So there's, there's right. some uh, Southern Miss blood the other way. You know, right, going let's to, stay on to baseball, Patrick. Uh, Golden Eagles 6-2 hit hard this week with the flu bug. 13 players. We understand that they didn't take uh, up to Oxford, but they've started hitting a few home runs, and uh, mm-hmm. the young pitchers, I thought, pitched very well, short of one bad pitch Tuesday night. Your analysis this early in the season, is this a ball club meeting or exceeding or not meeting expectations? No, I, th- I think they've met expectations in some regards, maybe even a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's it, it, all along you knew this was a team that's going to have to really play its best baseball late in the season. And if they're really competing this well at this point, uh, you know, I think they're fine. I, I watched much of that game against Ole Miss on, uh, earlier this week. And I was, you know, I was pretty impressed. They played a clean game for the most part. Really, you take away the, the one bad pitch by Adams on the, on the home run there late uh, to give Ole Miss the lead. The, the pitching staff was great. I mean, overall, if you go up to Oxford and home to four runs, uh, that's, that's a definite win. So, uh, I, it must have been, they only used three pitchers up there. So I'm guessing a lot of pitchers were sidelined with the flu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the lineup didn't change that much, but uh, Will McGillis uh, hitting another home run. If, if you know that's big, because I mean they put him in the cleanup spot. If he can be a guy that can hit double-digit homers for him the season, uh, that can be kind of a game changer for that Southern Miss lineup that doesn't have a whole lot of pop throughout. So I think the team is playing pretty well right now. Do you think Do you think McGillis is a double-digit home run guy though? Yeah, he's only played in four games and he's got two home runs. So that's uh, that's a little bit of a glimpse. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's going to hit you know 20 homers, but if right. he can hit around 10 or 11, I think he's capable of that. I've been told McGillis is just a tremendous athlete. That he was a kid that was yeah. very good in a lot of sports and uh, maybe one of the most athletic players on the baseball team. Have you heard similar stuff about him, Pat? Well, yeah, I mean that's one reason they liked him at first base is you know you have a good athlete over there that can move around and upgrade defensively over what Southern Miss has had in recent years. So. Uh, yeah, I think McGillis is a good athlete. He's gotten stronger, and he's just gotten so much more confident at the plate, uh, uh, really attacking the ball. Uh, last year, he, you know, he was you know a guy maybe hitting 240, and you hope you get something out of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's your right. uh, cleanup guy. That's how college baseball can kind of go from year to year. You know, I don't when when you look at the at the future now of the Southern. Obviously, we're just very early in this year, but when you look at the Pretty future. Bright. Yeah, based on the number of freshmen and sophomores who are getting some significant mileage, you know, put on them in this year, I'm not sure, even going back three or four years, that you could ever say that this program has got as much talent waiting in the wings as it does now. Is that looks a- pretty talented, doesn't it, Patrick? Yeah, I think they're built well for the future. I'm sure there's some gaps they need to fill in, maybe at, at catcher and, and adding a little bit more uh, pop to the lineup. Uh, you know, you, uh, there, there's some guys that are still kind of feeling their way through, whether it's, you know, um, uh, Fisher Norris in right field and, and, and some other spots. Guys are still trying to, to build up some confidence. So, And even Gabe Shepard really kind of laid an egg uh, somewhat last week. So Southern Miss hadn't really come close to its full potential and uh, still winning ball games pretty consistently. Yeah, and you make an interesting point. I, th- I think one of the, the things that I've seen at this point 
that jumps out at me is the difference in catcher. Two really good yeah. catchers last year, and I think the transfer unexpectedly of Bryant Bowen uh, is going to have an impact on the team, not only not only behind the plate, Patrick, but there, there's one of your home run hitters there that you thought was going to be on the team this year. Yeah, it, it, defensively, I think actually the two guys they have are pretty good. It, mm-hmm. It's at the plate where they're really getting nothing. You, you've got to combine two hits between those two catchers, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's not right. good. Uh, so, yeah, you just lost a lot in Bowen in terms of at the plate. And I think Brian Bowen was actually maybe going to get a look at first base or maybe go back to DH. I, I think that was part of the reason that he transferred is because he really wanted to catch. Uh, but he was a liability at times behind the plate. And uh, I think they've got two guys that can kind of handle the staff and do things in that regard. And I think eventually one or two of those guys are going to start hitting the ball a little bit. But right now they, they really aren't pitching in much in the lineup. Yeah, fair to say that the hitting is expected to just improve as we get closer to warmer weather. Is that is that a fair yeah. assessment? That's usually how it works. I mean, Matt Walner, my gosh, whenever it finally got to, you know, uh, you know 85 degrees, I mean, he just took off. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is kind of. And it's kind of harder uh, to really get warm and, 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 and put good swings in at the plate when it's really kind of cold out. So uh, that's just the way it kind of works. And I expect, you know, Southern Miss really it works that way across college baseball. <laughs> but, uh, you'll see more run production. But Walner being from Minnesota, 45 is a heat wave. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, don't think, yeah, I don't think they've missed that Walner guy at all. Do you, Patrick? <laughs> no, no, they couldn't use him at all. I, don't, I mean, he'd have to ride the bench. He'd probably be on the bench this year. But yeah. but that catcher position, we've talked, you know, I man, that's a gospel that I preach all the time. You better have a catcher. You gotta have a catcher. Right. Um if because you you build a team up the middle and yeah, the the depth and pitching very important, you know, but but catchers that's why that position is the quickest right. way to the major right. leagues. And, and I agree with you completely, Patrick. My observation is these kids have done a good job defensively. They're just not mm-hmm. getting any production at the plate right now. No, not at all. Right. All right, Pat, we always appreciate you, buddy. We'll look forward to having you back on the show next week. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Kelly and I will be back at the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg and wrap up this edition of the Eagle Hour next. to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour, as always, brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, their new sprawling location on Highway 98 West in the Oak Grove area, just a stone's throw from our studio here in Oak Grove. Toyota of Hattiesburg, the largest selection of pre-owned vehicles, and that brand name Toyota, which that name speaks for itself. After all, your automobile is the second biggest investment you'll make behind your home, so make sure that you're uh, that you're getting a good automobile, and nobody has a reputation like Toyota. 601-544-9630. That's 544-9630, and I, I was advised by a judge yesterday who texted me and said, if I try to sing the number again, 544-9630, he would label me a public menace and have me locked up. 
Well, go so, ahead, sing it. Kevin. No, no, go no. ahead, say it. Feel free. No, I do. I don't. Uh, oh, is that your way of saying? Uh, oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Softball going on this weekend, Bob? Right. Well, softball won a doubleheader uh, yesterday against Alcorn State. Uh, they won 6-2 to two in the first game, 9-1 to one in the second game. Softball improves to 10-4 and four, uh, on the season. And I tell you what, they're, I think, off to a great start, Kelly. 10-4. and four, that, The record speaks for itself. Of course, when they get into Conference USA play, that'll be – you know, that's right. That's that's the true test of anything, though, really. But right now, they show they can score a lot of runs, and uh, as we say, they're off uh, to a good start. And I'm glad that the game of softball has evolved; that there's more runs being scored too. Because honestly, no disrespect, but but back in in the day, there they were a lot of one to nothing games, two to one games, and I just I just didn't find them very entertaining. But I, now that's not the case. Yeah, I would agree. Women's basketball—they're also at UTEP this week. Here's a, here's another great example of Conference USA. The women are in in El Paso and the men are in El Paso, right? Right. So you're going to assume double header, right? Wrong. Wrong. <clears throat> Wrong answer. The women play at two o'clock Saturday afternoon, and the men play at three o'clock Sunday afternoon. Same venue, same school. So you're either going to have to send four different flights, or you're going to make the women, the men get there early and the women stay late. If they're flying together. Well, yeah, it's got to be one of the two, right? right. It's uh, just, you're right. It's, it just, just doesn't make any sense. But but in, in the defense of the conference, they've said that ADs vote on this. Right. You know, so, and, and in our conversations with, um, with Jeremy McLean, you know, he said that although every little bit counts, that that's not necessarily a, a, a huge expenditure, but it just makes sense to me from a fan standpoint that if I could see both teams on the same day, and the coaches would probably appreciate that too, mm-hmm. I would think. Side note, do you think um, as this virus scare continues to grow that that will have effect on these college teams flying all over the country? You wonder about that, huh? Well, there have been international competitions. You know, the European yeah. PGA Tour has canceled two events. Uh, I think you're, you're seeing that now to a much lesser degree in Europe. I still think – you know, let's let's not get too freaked out here, y'all. We're right. we're still in pretty good shape here. Right. But but of course, yeah, the potential is there. Right. All right. So the ladies at UTEP Saturday afternoon at two o'clock. Then next Thursday, they'll be back home and they're going to play Florida Atlantic. Probably the last home game of the year. I should. That's right. That. That's right. Uh, but that's a Saturday at two, Thursday at six. The ladies are fourteen and twelve. They're pretty much a solid lock for the tournament but you'd like to see them reel off a few here at the end of the year and uh, go into the into the conference tournament with a lot of momentum and they they were projected in the preseason uh polls both by the coaches and the media to finish you know sixth seventh somewhere in the middle of the pack and it looks like that's exactly where they're going to fall in i think basketball women's basketball has performed just about to the expectation this year and if there wasn't if they didn't have that one uh, really bad stretch in the middle of the year where they lost like six or seven in a row Right. You know, you're looking at a pretty good season. Well, that's when they lost you know? Shantae Hills right. as that's well. Right. And when you lose her, it's, it's, just a, uh, it's just a different basketball Tough to team. overcome, for sure. All right. We, we hate to tell you this, but we're back on the road tomorrow at a restaurant. We're at Sully's in South Hattiesburg. It's always very difficult to go to these restaurants because you're so sleepy when the show starts from having such a big lunch. And and it's a great lunch. It's uh, a really good lunch. Yeah. And uh, and Sully's, you know, got, got the name put on the map there with, with – uh, their the fight. steaks originally. Well, yeah, yeah, the name of the place because the Sullivan Kilrain fight, but the steaks originally right. put them so on. So I that. have one question about tomorrow. 
The last time we were at Sully's, your son, John Carter, came with us. He had lunch with us. Great kid, by the way, if you don't know him. And you bought him. You didn't buy him a lunch. You bought him a steak dinner. So I want to know if tomorrow you'll be doing the same thing for your old partner in crime here. Well, only if you use the same excuse he did, Bob. Yeah, what was that? Dad, I'm, I'm really on a very strict high-protein diet. I have to have a steak. <laughs> and I know for a fact you are not on a high protein diet. Have I diet. not told you that? Have I not talked to you? You're about on that? a seafood diet. Any food you see, you eat. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take that as a no. Bob, for you, anything. Oh well, good. You yeah, know. I'll look forward to that. What did he get? He got the New York strip, the big potato, the salad again with the whole nine yards at lunch. Whatever you want. There we go. All right. I want everybody to remember. Can we get this recorded there? It is recorded. Brandon, Brandon, the young millennial here on the other end. Who has right. no idea who the guess who is. No, which I'm going to I see tomorrow up. night. Are you you're excited about it? Uh, I'm excited for you. Well, I can't say anything. My wife came in last night, just totally innocent, said, I'm really excited about seeing the who. <laughs> uh, no, Angela, I don't mean to disappoint said, well, you. But well, guess what, dear? <laughs> it's the guess who. Completely different set of guys. All right. Eagle Hour from Sully's tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.